0: everybody for tuning in. Alex Shaw, Jacob Dahlien, and the team from Industrial Air on the line um, with your Risk Matters podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks, Alex, for, for setting this up. And, and I'm really proud to introduce Industrial Air, which is based in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, since we are now uh, reaching out to the World Wide Web uh, internationally and, and domestically both. So uh, I, I, I conned Lance Crest into uh gathering up his cohorts. Uh Alan Hunter's the owner of Industrial Air and and Keith Dodson, who's a controller. Um because I really feel like you have a compelling story in the journey that you've been on that a lot of people really can be encouraged by. And uh but why don't we start? And uh, one of you guys, why don't you uh introduce Industrial Air for those who don't know best kept secret in uh in uh, Greensboro. Take it away.
2: Okay great great good morning uh, I appreciate y'all involving us in this podcast first time for me to be involved in something like this but uh it's gonna be a real experience but um I'm Alan Hunter president of Industrial Air um we're a uh, family-owned business uh, we're a mechanical contracting business that uh, does uh, a wide range of other functions uh, uh, electrical, piping, controls, uh, manufacturing. Uh, We're located here in Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, primarily the industries that we serve are industrial type installations. um, uh, Large uh, carpet manufacturing facilities, non wovens toilet paper, paper towels, um, diapers, uh, automotive industry, um, the uh, pharmaceutical industry, um, and and numerous others, but uh, uh, we like to say we're our family family owned. Been in business uh, about 55 years now, and uh, uh, have uh, have built uh, the company around uh, successful people people that we've been able to uh, to employ and, and maintain. And and uh,
1: it's all been good. Thanks for doing that, Alan. What I thought uh, yeah. um, so what I thought would be interesting is just kind of take us through a little bit of the of the journey in the last maybe five or six years, or maybe even further back in terms of talking about risk. I was introduced uh, maybe seven and a half years ago uh, to uh, industrial air and it was more on the air. regular risk uh, side. And at the time you were in a PEO. So walk us through that a little bit if you can. Uh, my
2: with that. Yeah, we
1: were
3: uh, involved in a, in a PEO uh, for seven plus years. Uh, we, we did that mainly to lower our, our mod rate. Um, it, it served a, a good purpose for us, but it, it almost seemed like, you know, every time we we had an issue with them, we were not only under investigation or you know, the, the fingertips of, of OSHA, but we were also under with the PEO. And so, like I said, it it did serve a purpose, but we were mainly focused on being reactive and not proactive. And so then we
0: we started the process of looking out uh, into getting out of the PEO,
3: because we we wanted to be more proactive. And over the last couple of years, It's been a process for us because, you know, we knew we we had a good team. We, as Alan said, and we've got, you know, folks that really genuinely care about the safety and, and the risk of the company. And so we started looking and we were able to work with Jacob and Peggy and become part of the generations captive group after um you know a little bit of uh insight from keith our controller who went to a a workshop that was held by scott on captives and we just felt like it was something we wanted to to look at and and before we knew it we were part of the the generations captive and we we feel like we have twice the support that that we had um, under the peo we can share with with jacob and peggy and, and even with the other folks involved in the captive. And and we're all learning and growing together. And and, and we've become a better company in the the short 18 months, I believe, that we've been a
1: part of of the captive. Walk us, and Keith, maybe you can, uh, since you you were kind of early on in that kind of discussion phase, but behind the scenes, walk us through a little bit on how those discussions were, certainly you were not really happy in the in the current situation but what made you be interested in this situation and, and 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 the discussions behind the scenes walk us through that a little bit
4: well you know i was invited by peggy to attend a um a meeting that scott was holding uh, regarding captives uh brett was the one conducted the meeting it had several people uh to as speakers both from the select and generations captive And from our perspective, as Lance said, you know, we were a member of a PEO and we used the PEO for our workers' comp insurance as well as our payroll. So we were in a situation, as Lance said, where we were reactive as far as workers' comp and uh, were, you know, somewhat under the gun quite a bit. But um, from my perspective, it was as a controller, a lot of the situation regarding the cost that we were paying. You know, I knew there was a better scenario out there, but um, I think a lot of us here were ignorant as to what a captive really offered. And my my honest reaction, I remember coming back from uh, the meeting with Scott, that uh, it was a Thursday, and I met with I saw last as soon as I got back to the office, and I just said, "We need to uh, we need to really investigate this captive." And uh, you know, I asked Peggy Hudson, you know, when the meeting was over, so why is Industrial Air not in the captive, but she just kind of kind of laughed and she said, "Well." You should be. So we started the process. Because, so for us, it was not only a um, an issue of cost savings, um, aside from the fact that you can build dividends and, and long-term wealth in the captive, but also from a um, from a service perspective. Because as opposed to dealing with our PEO provider, we were able to deal directly with Scott, um, which we had we had some instances where you know workers' comp situations came up. And uh, we were able to see firsthand the service that that was provided from the Scott Associates as to um, how all this was going to take place. So, you know, we've been in in the CAPTA since January 1 of 2019, and it's it's been really a very positive experience. And from a risk perspective, we're having meetings uh, on a a regular basis that we never had with the PEO. So it's been a a positive
1: for industrial air. And then, so... So yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. I know you're on
0: Yeah, so interested in, you mentioned regular meetings and just the collective um, strength and knowledge gained from being in a captive. So maybe, um, you know, a year uh, isn't that long, but what are maybe some of the things that you've brought home from um, engaging with the captive? Um, and then what kind of medium that's shared in? A, what's the structure for, for talking about risk at industrial air?
4: Well, the, the, we actually have the, uh, the, the semi-annual meetings with the captive at one of the uh, customer's locations where we're able you know, to glean information from other captive members. The Generations Capital we has approximately 30 members who are able to hear firsthand from other companies approximately our size, what they're doing to mitigate risk. Uh, we're, we have speakers come in, uh, experts, to to talk about what companies across the country are doing to mitigate risk. And it really gives us a lot of insight into things we can do. We started under Lance's leadership as our VP of safety. um, We've instituted a lot of these practices here at Industrial Air. Um, I think we were probably a a, a safe company before we joined the captive, but since we joined, we, we put a lot of things into place that we really just didn't know about. We weren't. We hadn't been exposed to them yet, and um, it's, is I think made us a better company as well as a safer company. And you know that's that's being reflected not only in our mod rate, but in um, but in just the safety outcomes. So then, you know uh, what we found is
3: is on on my end um, as far as the safety aspect and, and human resources is is Jacob. We've had meetings um, about you know, our risk performance, risk control. Um, We've even expanded that through Alan's leadership of doing some strategic planning meetings and those are all starting to blend in. And now when we talk about safety aspects, it's not um, something that people are afraid of. It's there, we've been able to get more of the employees involved and talk about that and it's become a, a culture instead of me as, as, the, as the safety person going out and saying you should be doing this you should be doing that but it's 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 a collaboration um, and an effort that we're all doing that now and and it's it's just the way that, that we're we're going about business now and it, it's been a fresh aspect for us bit about
1: talk a little bit about the the risk performance leadership team that that you guys established, who's on it and, and what the focus is from that team?
3: All right, we have, of course, you know, Alan is, is on that, uh, Keith is on that, uh, myself. We have Randy um, Barrier and Brent Heggie, who are in our engineering department. We have uh, Andy Cochran, who is in our sales. We have Terry Kaiser who is over our, our production facility here at the shop. We have Robin McCombs who is over our service. And so we've we've been able to pull everybody together and talk about um, different risks and, and different outcomes. And, and it's been good for us because then they can go out and talk to their different teams and and get that message out that, that we've discussed. And and it's you know, it's not all safety. As, as you guys know, you know when you're dealing with risk, and so we feel like we've put a good leadership team together, and then we're able to branch out and and work with our our each and you know individual departments, and and it's really helped when they hear it from from other folks, um, in their department instead of always just for me. But you know, we've been able to branch out and do a lot of different things in in a short period of time, and and we. You know, working with you, Jacob, we said we want to go all in, but we don't want to get so far in it that we're overwhelmed. So we want to, you know, take certain sections and accomplish that and then move on to the next. And And that's what we've been able to to see, and it's, it's been a very positive aspect for us.
0: So what, what are some of the ways that you guys have, have prioritized? I love that commentary because something that Jacob and I speak about Somewhat regularly is the challenge we face when we're inspired and motivated, and the risk of the yo-yo diet of we we've got a new shiny object, a new uh, paradigm to operate in to execute on our risk, and so we throw everything and the kitchen sink, um, and then find ourselves six months down the road with having accomplished very little and a little bit overwhelmed and kind of feeling a bit a bit a bit failed. What was the strategy you guys used to really prioritize? The pursuits you've taken um so that you did execute and and complete some of those actions
3: well to be honest with you we met with jacob and we we formed our target one initiatives and then based on that we said okay this is what we want to be our top priority and and the, you know the captive really helped us but our fleet driving um you know we were able to revamp our our procedures regarding our, our fleet driving and, and our vehicles. And so we've we've worked on that one. We've got, you know, I'm not saying that, that's kind of a constant roving door there, but we've, we've got everything under control. We look back in our files, we found out that, you know, not all of our folks had even signed, you know, a letter stating their responsibilities as a driver for industrial air. So that, in a sense, put us at a huge risk because we, you know, We just didn't have them and we didn't communicate that with them. So we were able to do that. Um, We were able to get, you know, what happens if you have an accident? What do you do? You know, it's even down to those little things that we were able to talk about that. So we we accomplished that. And even though I think we're constantly working on that, and then we were able to go onto an an aspect of, we, we do a lot of good things here, but we didn't have a mentorship program. So now that's what we're working on right now is is a mentorship program, and then once we feel like we've got that one, you know, under I don't want to I guess I say under control or moving in the right direction, then we'll go on to the to the next next uh, target that we've we've recognized. And so we we feel like we want to have a sense of accomplishment, but not be so overburdened that we're just Spinning our wheels, and, and I think it's it's working out right now. We're, you know, we we've decided to pick one project out in our shop where we want to work with on our mentorship program, and and that's that's going you know fairly well. We're able to document all of that information, and and then once we get that one dialed in, we'll go out to some of the other departments because we know there's a need for that mentorship program in in all of our departments.
0: So one of the things that uh... So what I love about that is that there's just an incredible honesty in approaching risk performance and risk management in, in that design. And, and I, 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 you know, I think Jacob would agree what we see, and, and fair enough, because there are a lot of competing interests for our time and our energy. And yet what we see a fair amount is, um, is our assumptions for what we hope is going on, what should be going on, um, what should be getting documented. Um, the ideal versus maybe the real, and and when we talk about um, captive, more captive-oriented clients who are are more into owning risk and maybe not renting it, there's a certain degree of truth serum we have to take in discovery. And I, I love hearing a bit of the honesty of, man, you know, there were some of the driver files where maybe they hadn't signed off on doing their their training or or whatever it may have been. And and so what we often talk about is is perceived risk versus true risk, and and by digging down into the, into the details of what's actually happening, we get closer to, to true risk. And, and that's where we see folks like you really perform well. And so I just I applaud you all for, for frankly, leaning into the uncomfortable, awkward, tough stuff that it, it's far more comfortable to kind of bury your, you know, as, as you recall as a kid, you know, hide under the blanket, if you will. Um, but but your, your results don't necessarily show when you do that. So I, I just applaud you guys for taking a, a really – tough and awkward and honest approach to, to, uh, to, to, risk.
1: Hey, uh, so yeah, uh, I think that segues well into kind of, you know, Alex talked about competing interest as well. Right. And, you know, and one of the challenges that you had early on in the discussion or early on, not in the discussion, but really in, in the, early on in, when you first came into the captive was you had a pretty significant accident in the, in the plant. Walk us through that a little bit and how that impacted you guys as an organization and the path that you were on and did that make you feel stu- that you were stumbling or did, you, did that reinforce what you were trying to do? Just walk through that, how that affects you as an organization and, and, and uh, where it's taken you.
3: Well, let me tell you, the, the first large loss conference call we were involved in, after that, Alan and I said, I hope we're never on one of those. And I think we cursed ourselves because we were on the very next one, because we had a, a pretty serious accident. We'd, we'd had a pretty good track record for several years. And then all of a sudden, uh, I believe it was two months after we joined the captive, uh, we had an employee that, that crushed his hand in a in a roller, and it was uh, something that you know I, I myself and I think Alan and Keith, all three of us, we did not want to call you or Peggy because we didn't want to, to disappoint you guys and think, oh, what have we done? But once we made that phone call, um, I tell you you guys put us at ease, and you made us feel like we were we were part of the process and what, you know, of course you wanted to know what happened, you know, was the employee okay? The the generations group set us up with, you know, a home nurse and we had, or a nurse for the the employee, we had never had that um, treatment. So I felt like the, the, not only the red, but the gold carpet was rolled out for us because we just felt like it was, instead of us getting chastised and with the PEO, them coming in and doing an investigation and also OSHA, we felt like we were, this was something that we could learn from. And it was a totally different concept for me because we had been, you know, so used to reacting and it's, you know, we we became very proactive and, and Jacob, you came over and we walked through the process and, you know, you helped us prepare our you know osha um, information and and so forth and you know along the way there was communication um you know with with the captive with you with peggy and we we had constant communication with our employee Um, we 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 always did that if we had an issue when we were under the peo but i felt more compelled to do it um more frequently because I knew that that you guys were going to call and and you would you know want to report and and we were also getting reports on the, on the from the nurse and and so forth and by the way it was a bilingual nurse because you know his mother uh, was Spanish speaking and so the, you know the captive arranged a bilingual nurse for us but but that employee has has come out of his accident and doing well still employed here and uh, you know, is, is a great employee for us, but it, it really could have gone south if we were focused on doing paperwork and, you know, what happened, taking pictures of the accident, why, you know, and, and so forth, but we were able to make some improvements, um, communicate with the employee, and then also communicate with our, our other employees here, and they could see the changes. They, they could see what we were doing that was different and, and being proactive and trying to prevent Another accident from happening. I mean, we're, we're in an industry where we know accidents are going to happen. But right now we're, we're trying to see how we can prevent those accidents from happening and to minimize the risk that we're all associated with. And then that's because of, of you, Jacob and Peggy and, and the generations group and and the 30 other companies that have given us input and insight.
1: So uh, perhaps also, I think that's a great story, and, and certainly yeah. is something that that nobody wants to go through um, on at any level uh, out there. In closing here, because uh, kind of coming up here on on the time period, but why don't why don't you talk then about the path that you're on? You mentioned the target one and the risk performance leadership team that you're having, and Perhaps talk a little bit of how you're using the risk performance team and then involving the employee associate level, both in the construction side and in the fabrication side, specifically and how you're, how you're leveraging, um, the involvement there, uh, in some of the, some of the initiatives like the, the, the mentorship program and, and, and so on. Talk about that and, um,
3: Well it's them. I mean they, they know what, what it takes to get to get the, the job completed. I mean it's it's all input from them. You know, we've we've been able to do, you know, even even more training uh, with those folks and bring them in. We've, we've, we haven't completed this but we've done some job site superintendent training, you know, with those folks and, and to try to get input from them and and they give us insight as as we have them in to do that training of things that, that we may not be aware of here in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, that that may be happening in Pennsylvania or, or Alabama, for instance. So we're, we really are, are taking the input of, of all of our employees, and then that's helping us pattern future training for, you know, a new employee versus what do we need to provide our job site superintendents, our, department chairs here at the shop in order to help them be successful so we're constantly getting input from them or hey can we change this to 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 help us do you know a certain aspect of the job and and i think that's really been a benefit benefit for us you know alan or keith might have something to say about that okay they're good
1: oh that's good and i i just want to um, one of the reasons why I felt compelled to to have you guys on is that is just as an example of of the journey that you 've been on it 's a process and and really um, hopefully this can be encouraging to people that that they may look at themselves and say well we 're not quite there yet and and there 's a lot of companies like yours that are in the middle of the journey and 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 the great things about it is that you have a solid team, you have really, really good fundamentals, you have a strong belief, and you have a a, a dedication to to involving and and engaging uh, the associates at the sharp end of the of the stick, so to speak. The guys are swinging the hammer and run the grinder and run the welder and run the crane and and um, and I just want to congratulate you guys for, for taking the initiative and and, and really um, be, being strong, even when there's competing interests and things that are hitting you from left and right in operation. So I'm going to turn it over to, to Alex here to kind of close this out. And just want to say thank you for, for participating and encouraging other listeners to, to this podcast.
0: Yeah, so thank you. Uh, I just echo what Jacob shared, and and you know at the top when, before we press record, what we talked about was really the the intent and the theme of this podcast. The origins is one in which that the entire purpose is really to create community, to encourage people, and then if you can learn a little something along the way, that's great. And and from an encouraging perspective, I I think Jacob hit the nail on the head. Where so many companies kind of feel like, well, we're not all the way there yet. We don't know quite if we're a captive profile. Client, you know, we, we feel like we do pretty good, but um, I think you guys—it sounds like—are just such a great example. Take the leap and um, and and surround yourself with with peer groups like those in generations. And you can really, uh, frankly, um, do what um, you know. The second piece of this, which is um, building community, you know, encouraging folks and building community. We've got a lot of the Generation Captives members listen to this podcast, and I, I know for sure I'm going to be getting text messages and emails about this one in particular, because it, it really is an encouraging story. And, and, um, and just learning along the way from your story will be a huge help to others. And, and don't be surprised if folks reach out to learn a little bit more. Um, so with that, we uh, appreciate you, Lance and Alan and Keith. Thank you for taking the time this morning. We appreciate you participating.